Hello, and welcome to Marriage Unchained, the art of one flesh, where saving marriages, saving families, and saving souls is the flavor of the day. Now, let's join our host and author of Marriage Unchained, Catholic Alpha Radical, Jerry Jacobs, Jr. Happy New Year, and welcome to Catholic Alpha Radical Live in 2024, a podcast that helps you fix your Catholic marriage, while also giving you winning tactics for marriage problems, girlfriend problems, and intimacy problems for men. Moreover, well, my main mission is to keep you out of divorce court. And with Marriage Unchained, the art of one flesh, divorce combat coaching is the flavor of the day. While also helping me understand marriage and courting, huh, not dating, in the Catholic faith. Why? Because dating is for sex and courting is for marriage. In this 193rd episode, what is your true purpose as a man? Part three, plus live phone calls from you answering your marriage and crisis questions. So get that cue. You can also call in on your browser at callinstudio.com slash radical one. If you're getting value throughout this show, please share it to help other marriages. You'll be surprised how many other men and women would love to get help in their marriage. And that would be a great thing for you to do. So don't wait. Get in that queue for some resolution to your marriage confusion. And so our quote of the day is, quote, society offers you comfort, but you weren't made for comfort you were made for greatness, end quote. Pope Benedict XVI, bam. I've helped hundreds of men in their marriages. Allow me to help you in yours. Get live Catholic marriage help Tuesday through Thursday, 10 a.m. Eastern for some resolution to your marriage confusion. All right, and so today's show, we are going to get hot and heavy on the last of this part three. And in this intro segment, we want to go into this new year. And I hope that you guys had a happy new year. Hope you didn't hope you didn't spend it by yourself. I hope you were either at mass or at a gathering with your friends to bring in the new year. Um, I hate being in front of the TV on New Year's. Eve, I told my wife that. <laughs> I told her, "Look, I'm not. I don't want to be in the in the in the in the sitting there in the front of the TV, sitting there watching people have fun and stuff on New Year's Eve. I don't like that. So we went to mass at 11:45. So that was good too. So either way, it accomplished my goal. Um, that being said, um, this this last segment, um, this last um, show on this in this series. Is, is very important in that we're going to talk about the nine tests of, of authentic masculinity. And many people don't really understand what authentic masculinity is. And that is, you know, that includes women as well as men. 
um, to get it straight, authentic masculinity is just one person, our Lord Jesus Christ. And if you look at it and you analyze it and you analyze his whole mission, his whole um, his whole ministry, once he reached, I think, yeah, once he reached the age of where he started um, at the wedding feast of Cana, he did his first miracle. It was at a, was at marriage. Um, and that lets you know <laughs> one of your main purposes is to decide your vocation as a man. Are you are you supposed to be married or are you supposed to be a religious, which means a priest, a nun, uh, a brother, a friar, you know, whatever. Um, uh, and those are your vocations in life. Um, there is no such thing as a single thing. Um single vocations. I mean, I guess you could try to a little bit, but if you're single, you should be moving for one of those two. There's no such thing as being by yourself. Who are you sacrificing for if you're not sacrificing for your wife or your husband, or you're not sacrificing for the church, or you're not sacrificing as a nun, which which nuns do for Jesus Christ. They are her, they are their husband, okay? Their spouse. So that's kind of how you want to look at it. Also, you know, I was thinking about this morning, uh, the intro to the show, because I don't like repeating things unless it's a review. Um, but I was thinking how, you know, many men don't really understand the, the, the relationship of God, their wife, and then their children. Um, I know back in my time and the way it is today, which many people don't understand, if a woman, I mean, if a dude is not married to the woman, he really doesn't look at the kids as as a family, as a family unit. Um, what a lot of men will do, especially in the older days, what they would do is they would go, whoever they're married to, that's their family. If they had a kid outside of wedlock or whatever, then that is really not their family. At least today, it is a little bit better, but when I grew up, that's kind of how it was. Um, you would you know, this is why you, you have men, you tell women, do not open your legs for men, because when you, once you get pregnant, they don't look at you like a family. They try to act like they do, but they really don't. Like, they might live with you still, but in the end, if they're not marrying you, there is that's their way out. So if a man doesn't have that piece of paper in that union with you and, 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 and him and God, he is not committed to you. So, it's important that women understand that. And men, our thing is, you know, we want a family and sometimes we don't want to do what it takes to build that family um, and do things the right way. I know me and you, many of you know a lot of guys like that. Um, the other thing is I was thinking about is, you know, when your wife, if you're married and your wife is not acting right, you know, what, what happens with the kids? You know, women, when they get hurt and they they start thinking about themselves, if they've been in pain for years and decades and stuff, they start getting hurt, they get pissed off. Then what they do is they try to commandeer the children. So what does that mean? That means women will try and take your kids. They will try to get the court to steal your kids. They will try to talk to the kids and turn the kids against you. They will try to take the kids and split the family up even worse. Like saying, well, I don't want to be Catholic no more. I'm going to go to this. I'm going to go find me a church where I feel that I'm more connected. 
that kind of crazy mess. And you go and tell the kids stuff like that. So then the kids get all screwed up. Okay, so mommy's going over here and then daddy's going over there. And so you get confused. Your wife is already confused because right now she's only thinking about herself. Don't get it twisted. Women try to act, when they get pissed off, they try to act like they care about the kids. They don't care about the kids. They really don't because it's an emotional thing. If I'm not happy, how can my kids be happy? That kind of crazy mess. It don't even make sense when you sit there and think about it. You know, we're sp- you know, as a woman, you're splitting up your family. You're walking out the door. You try to grab the kids and take them with the kids. Are like, where am I going? What are we doing? Why are you divorcing my daddy? Blah, blah, blah. And then if you really put it to a woman that wants to do that stuff, what are you divorcing your husband for? Why are you leaving him? She can't even put it right. She can't even put it into a comprehensive sentence that even makes sense to you, let alone make sense to her. And so what I try to get guys to do when you're in a situation like this, do not let your wife commandeer your kids, man. Because your wife is only thinking about herself. She's only thinking about her happiness. She's not even thinking about God. She's not. She's really not. She's only. This is why I try to tell you, men, that the emotional connection with your wife is prime. It's the only thing that matters to her. And if you don't believe me, just look around. And once that connection is broken, you only got a few things you can do. And the best thing you can do is try to get it back. And that's going to take a lot of hard work. But in the meantime, your poor children are suffering. They're suffering because they got a crazy woman that don't care about them, don't care about her husband, don't care about God, only cares about her selfish self. And then if I talk to a woman right now, she say, that's not true. That's not true. That is true. If a woman can kill her baby. You don't think she'll care about these kids? They only care about themselves. That's why it's called a right to choose. Because if I feel like I want to kill my baby, well, that's what I want to do. If I don't feel like I want to kill my baby, then that's what I want to do. You know, and this is the thing. So as a husband, when you're in a situation like this, you got to do a lot of cleanup, right? First of all, you got to get yourself together. You got to get yourself together, man. You got to change. You got to start being a good husband, a holy man, a good father. Then the other part of cleanup is you got to talk to your kids. You got to be in their ear. Like what a lot of guys do is, and I did it too, right? Oh, my wife left and stuff. My first wife left and stuff. She took the kids. What am I doing? I'm by myself. All I'm doing is working. What do you do? You know, what are you going to do? A lot of guys go, that's a great thing, right? I'm by myself. I go out, get me another woman. I go out, do what I want to do. I ain't got no baggage holding me down. But then that gets old after about a month, right? So what I tell men, I try to get men to do is, in this situation, while your wife is going out and trying to be we are the world and exploring herself and trying to get herself together, your job as a man is to get those kids right. Get in their head. Take them out. Go do things with them. Don't really be not, you know, be nice and loving, but also you still got to be a disciplinarian. You just can't let your kid run over and do whatever they want to do. Then they they going to hate you too, you know? So what you got to do, it's a fine line. Like me and my wife are taking my kids through this crazy turmoil and my wife really don't care. She just cares about herself and that's her motivation to be happy. So if I'm her motivation is to be happy, then she's not really thinking about her husband and her children, right? 
But you as a man, you're called to more than that. You're called, which is what this thing is, this, this is about today. As a man, you're called to more than that. You got to think logically about the situation. You can't be letting your emotional ties and your emotional feelings and your emotional attachments take you away from God and your kids. Because if you if you get all emotional and then your wife is already all emotional, you got two emotional crazy people that are making decisions that are don't even make logical sense. So as a husband, what you have to do, and as a father, you have to continuously be in your children's ear. I don't care, especially if they're 17 years and below, okay? I don't care if they're two or three or four. You have to set them down and constantly let them know how things are and, and, and that you love their mother and that you're not giving up on your family and you love them and you're going to do everything you can and you still guide them and love them and spend individual time with them and all of that stuff. And so you're building this great relationship that you really didn't have before when you thought I'm at work and then my wife is doing all this building with them. And that's another reason why you guys get screwed up because you at work and your wife... The kids are naturally drawn to the mother anyway. Well, we know that, right? We all know that. And so we make it worse by not contacting the kid, by not spending the time with the kid, by not doing stuff with the kid. And then the kid just sees you in a disciplinary role. Then they think you don't love them because oh, every time I see him, he's telling me to do something. Every time I see him, he's spanking my butt. Every time I see me, he's yelling at me. Every time I'm seeing him, he's telling me what to do. You know, and so when you come in that kind of role, then the kids, they shy away from you and they go to your wife. And then that's how your wife commandeers your children. So what I'm asking you to do in this 2024 year is to realize that you, you are special. Your children need you just as much as your wife does, especially if you have sons. Do not let your wife commandeer your sons. Your sons have a right to their father because you're the only one that can teach him how to teach him how to be a man. Your wife can only teach him how to be emotional and go up their feelings and all this kind of mess. When your son reaches two years old, he should not be with his mama all the time. He needs to be with his daddy. If you're at work, if you're at golf, if you're at the cabin, if you're going fishing, whatever you're doing, coach their team, whatever you got to do to, to your son can be or your sons can be around you. So if they understand what being a real man is about, what real men do and how women treat women and, and how you treat your wife and all that kind of stuff. So that's just a little thing I want you guys to understand about understanding masculinity, what it, you know, kind of what it means a little bit before we get started with these, these uh, last few that we're going to do. So think about what I just said. I hope that helped you again, whatever you do. Sometimes you got to be tough on your wife. Sometimes you got to stick the law on her. Sometimes you got to stick the court system on her. Sometimes you got to make her do what she ain't going to do because she's trying to steal your kids. And don't get it twisted. That is exactly what she's trying to do. The reason she's trying to steal your kids is this. He ain't going to change. He hurt me all these years. And so I need support. So I'm going to take the kids and they're going to be on my side. And I'm going to tell them all the bad stuff he did. And I'm going to tell him all the stuff he ain't did right. And I'm going to tell him and I'm going to make it hard for him to see his children. And then he's eventually going to go away. I'm going to execute him from our lives because they don't want to see you. So that's what they do. And so if you allow that to happen, you're not being the man that God is calling you to be. Bam.
If you're getting value from this podcast and would like more personal marriage help, visit SaveMyCatholicMarriage.com for an opportunity to work with me personally for free. Yes, within 30 days, learn how to become a better husband that attracts your wife back to you. Visit SaveMyCatholicMarriage.com and get a plan tailored specific to your marriage and situation. I've helped hundreds of men in their marriages. Allow me the chance to help you using my personal and gained experience. Visit SaveMyCatholicMarriage.com for superior coaching for your marriage. Again, SaveMyCatholicMarriage.com. That's SaveMyCatholicMarriage.com to become the man God created you to be and the husband your wife needs. Lastly, I always get the question, why don't you help women? And I always answer them, I do. So for all of you beloved wives out there that want to reignite that feeling of emotional closeness and complete love from your hubby, consider marriage coaching and visit SaveMyCatholicMarriage.com for an improved marriage within 30 days. Hey, 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 we are back. We are back. Now, let's review the nine tests of authentic masculinity, and I have a nice little bonus for you, which would be number 10. So try your best to uh, stay with me while we go through these ones that we did last, uh, the last two shows, okay? So the nine tests of authentic masculinity, what is your purpose as a man? What should I be doing in this life? It's 2024. I'm past the baby face stage. I have grown. I'm trying to grow up as a man. I'm 35 years over and I'm realizing life is short. Life is closing in on me. Like, what am I supposed to be doing? The stuff I've been doing for 35, 40, 50 years ain't working. I'm still miserable. I'm depressed. I have no relationship with God. My family's breaking up. I'm in a relationship with a woman. And I'm not sure if she's the one I should marry. Whatever. Whatever is happening. The problem with us today is we don't have a mission. We don't really know what the heck we're supposed to be doing. And when you don't have a mission and when you don't have a purpose, you get confused. You start going off everywhere. You don't know what's supposed to happen. I can't tell you how many men have have um, have told me over the last eight years that they wish they had known the stuff that we talk about Um when you know when they were teenagers, when they're in their twenties and early thirties and forties and even their fifties, you know we men today we just don't know what we're supposed to be doing. So what do we do? We gravitate towards pleasure. We go to a job, we make money because money is uh, uh, money allows us the advantage of creating as much pleasure in our life as we can. So the problem is there are some guys that are great at making money. (laughs) You know who those people are. There are some men and women too, that are very good. They're not great at making money, but they're very good at making money. And then there's the ones that are good at making money or, you know, but then you got the ones that a lot of us, you know, a lot of, you know, not, you know, a lot of people go, you know, fit into this category of they, they're middle-class they're below middle class, they're poor. And, and so we start to realize what do we, you know, we don't really know um, what we're supposed to be doing. And so that goes along with those who, who are good at making money. Like they get the money, they get to go do all this pleasurable stuff. Then they realize, Oh, this, I got this money. Now what I do, everybody below that 
the poor, the middle class, the below middle class, you know, those people, they're trying to get, they under the illusion, if I can get as much money as I can, then I can have all this freedom to do what I want. And that's true. That's true. Money does give you a lot of freedom. Then those who, who are great at making money, who are a very extraordinary at making money, when the money, they get all the money they want, and then that ain't enough. So what do they do? Power. So now what do I do is I got to get this power. I got to be able to tell everybody what to do. I got to control the country. I got to control the government. I got to control everybody around me. I'm, you know, I have all this money and it's not enough. So I got to have power. Then you get all the power you want. Then what do you do? So the way God has set it up, fellas, no matter what you do, no matter what you're chased, if in the end you are not attached to him and him alone, you will always have an empty hole in your stomach. You will have an empty hole in your gut. You'll never be satisfied as a man. You're always wondering what the heck am I supposed to be doing? And no matter how much money you make or how much money you don't make, there's always that gut feeling. I deal with lawyers, doctors, um, guys that got millions of dollars. I deal with guys that don't have no money. It is, the theme is all the same. It doesn't matter. We have to get our purpose. There's a foundational purpose to our life. And then once we get that foundational purpose, then everything else of money or not having money or things and pleasure, it all takes, it has its a different place. It it, it 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 starts to be different, like to guide us in another way. Like, okay, now I have my foundation as being of mission and purpose as being a man. Now everything else makes sense. Everything else helps me understand what to do with my money. It helps me understand why I don't have money. What do I do when I don't have money? And it's kind of that kind of, and then if I don't have enough pleasure in my life, what do I do with that? So that's kind of one of the reasons why we were talking about earlier about like, Get in a relationship with your kids, even when your wife is not cooperating. Okay. So let's start talking about number one. So, number one was of the nine tests of authentic masculinity is get over it. This life is a test. So, remember, this life is a test. Everything that comes across your face is a test. Don't think it's not. Pleasure, pain, misery, suffering, all of it. It's a test given to you by God as a man to see how you're going to handle it and if you're going to bring yourself and that's going to bring your you closer to God. That That's what your number one foundation to understand that every decision you make, everything you do, everything you don't do, all of this is a test. Your test to what? To see if you are worthy to be in the beatific vision with God in heaven. And are you worthy of those children and that beautiful wife that God has given you. If you are a priest or a nun, am I worthy of this congregation? Am I worthy of this responsibility that the bishop has given me of these of this parish? You know, you see what I'm saying? Uh, that's the way it works. I shouldn't include nuns in that. That's a different, that's, it's the same, but it's different. We're talking about men, so I don't want to go into that. But what I'm saying is, We've got to understand our purpose, our first foundation. Okay, so number two is the way to authentic masculinity is through suffering and responsibility. So remember, Archbishop Fulton J. Sheen coined that phrase that the way you cannot grow as a man unless you 
adds suffering and responsibility. This is why it's okay for boys to go to war. It's why it's okay for boys and kids to do chores and understand what it about boys to do chores, understand what that means, the responsibility. Because when the kids are young, it's a suffering. As they go older, it's a suffering. Then they get in the workforce and they get things, bad things start happening. You see what I'm saying? So that's number two, that as a man, the only way you're going to grow, and that, what does a grow mean? Grow does not necessarily mean uh, grow in doing what you want to do. It what it, what we about growing is growing towards God, growing towards the wisdom of the universe, growing pl- in which is God, right? And so once you understand the suffering and responsibility of Jesus Christ, because you can't understand the Christian faith, you can't understand being a Catholic if you don't understand the suffering and the suffering and the sacrifice of our Lord. Okay. Number two, number three, um, three, you are charged with leadership. Remember leadership and the man, your job in the man is to create an environment in your home of that your kids and your wife can, your family can thrive spiritually, finance, I mean, uh, spiritually, psychologically, and, um, and emotionally. Okay. So if they learn that you all come together and you grow course, God leadership is not necessarily just telling everybody what, what to do, right? Okay, it's about serving. So number four, uh, chapter two, verse 15 through 25, your true purpose is to protect and defend and serve. In the Garden of Eden, before Eve was created, God tasked Adam, who was our first father, to what? You are in charge of this, the world, your house, which for us was me. We are charged, we are tasked to protect and defend and serve our house which means we are responsible for every single thing that goes on in our house. You've got to understand why. And so that, that's because women, their job is the children. Now, no matter whether your wife just likes to have kids, or don't want to have kids and all that kind of stuff, it don't matter. She is still wired to that. And she, if she doesn't, then if she doesn't want to take responsibility and take and, and, and rear the children and, 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 and stuff like that, then, Basically, she's just like rejecting the Holy Spirit, right? She's just rejecting her purpose as a woman. But as a man, your job is different than hers. Hers is the children to bond, to connect, and nurture them. Yours as a man is everything else, okay? Uh, Number five, protect. So you are tasked by God to protect your wife and family from physical threats. You are tasked by God uh, to protect your wife from you. Because you as a man and because you're a bonded can hurt her very, very badly. Okay. Which if you've been listening to me for any time, you understand that by now. Number six, you're tasked by a man to defend. Your job as a man is to defend, defend your home, defend your home against what? The diabolical. Okay. This is why you need spiritual warfare. This is why you need the Holy Spirit. You can't protect your kids and you can't protect your wife 24-7. This is why you need spiritual warfare, and you got to get that crap out of your house, okay? So now we, that was the review. So now we're on number seven, okay? So number seven is to serve. So the authentic masculinity is to serve. How do I know that? Okay, because that's what Christ did. Christ gave his life. He served for all those years. And we went to his ministry. He he killed people. He he protected. He protected. He he defended and he served. And 
he he suffered and he sacrificed, but serving is what you are tasked to do as a man. Most people think, yeah, I'm the leader of the home and God puts me as a leadership. But women, if your wife doesn't allow you to lead, how are you going to lead your home? That's another thing guys don't understand. They think, most guys think, most people, most guys think, well, I'm the man and I'm supposed to do this and my wife's supposed to do that. And that makes sense. And I understand all of that. Women, your wife, allow you to lead your home. You don't take it. And the way you, your wife allows you to lead your home, she has to trust that you are going to be the proper man, that you are going to defend them and, and serve them and protect them, that you're, that you're going out and, and part of protection is what? Going out and, and making a living, right? If you, you know, uh, if you want your wife to, to nurture and love the kids, you got to give her the freedom to do that. Even if your wife is working, she can't be worrying about finances. She can't be worrying about, you know, that you don't love her and care about her. She, she, she can't be worrying about all these things. And so that's where men and women come into conflict these days. And men don't understand the way to your wife's heart is service. What that mean? That means you give everything of yourself you put God for you serve God first. You serve your you serve your wife in marriage second, and you and you serve your kids third. And you never think about yourself until those three entities are taken care of. But what do most men do today? We're so in ourselves that we forget that that we don't even worry about God for one. Our wife, well, she has her own thing she's doing, and then the kids, hey, they at school. The kids, the school's teaching them about religion and teaching them about about sex and teaching them about how to live, how to go in life. And me as the husband and the daddy, I could just kind of go out and do whatever I want. That's not how it works. You lose, you lose much respect when you do that, gentlemen. You lose much respect. So I want to ask you in your home, are you serving? Are you serving? Is everybody taking care of their wants, their desires, their needs, their their psychological needs, their emotional needs, their spiritual needs? Is all that stuff taken care of before you run around playing golf every weekend? That's why it's called suffering and responsibility. Because as a man, it's not our job to run around and be trying to get pleasure 24-7. Because we become effeminate, right? Effeminate means we are attached to pleasure. Okay? Just like being attached to drugs, just like being attached to alcohol, being attached to whatever. But effeminacy puts it all that together. And so when you don't serve and your wife sees it, then your wife starts to withdraw and get away from you. Because why? If you're not serving, there's only one other thing you're doing, selfishness. And I don't care what kind of woman you got. If she's a feminist, if she's a loving homemaker and everything in between, they all run from selfishness because they know instinctually that is not of God. Okay. So as true man, you can never consider your wants and desires over though for those for whom you are charged to protect. God is first to serve. Your wife is second to serve. Your children are third to serve and yourself last if you have anything left. This causes the effect of submission by your wife. This causes her to lead your children towards you. Did you hear that? So when you hear submission, it means under the submission of who? Of Christ. Okay. 
if we as men, if we don't lead our families correctly, our wife will never submit to us, which another another way that we another way that you can understand that better is our wife will not collaborate with us. Our wife will not cooperate with us. We are always fighting or always at, our, at odds with each other. We don't trust each other. We don't talk. We don't care about each other's day, really. We're just going through the motions, right? If you want to look at that's a good way to look at submission, okay? Another thing, too, this causes her to lead your children towards you. So if your wife is submitting to you, that means what? You are submitting to Christ. Your wife is submitting to you and Christ. And then what does your wife do? She freaking leads those kids towards you. And then you lead everybody to Christ. That's how you bring that family together. This is why you can't ever put your kids first, gentlemen. Because when you do that, we screw up the natural order of things. This is why your wife does not have to submit to you or collaborate or or um or um what's the word cooperate with you if you're not on the submission of God if you don't have if you're on the submission of Christ and women know it's still even if you have an atheist for a wife she still has this instinct that something ain't right and so this is what's causing the 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 chaos in your home and in marriage and so I want you to think about that is your wife leading your children to you? Are you leading your children and your wife to God? And if you're not, that's why you have chaos. Okay? Then when you serve all ahead of you, your wife allows you to lead your family and denies the curse of Eve. So the curse of Eve is when Eve went against Adam ate the apple, disregarded her husband, disregarded God. And so what happened is Eve, um, she, she has this thing of nagging. She's never satisfied. And so this is what women are today. If as a man, your wife is never satisfied, she's always nagging you. She's all, there's always problems. She's never happy. It's, you know why? It's because she has the curse of Eve, which means that she does not feel that you are the proper man, that you're not a, the proper husband, the one that she needs. Another thing we got to stop doing is giving women what they want and not what they know what we know will make them happy. I learned that from Father Ribberger. Like, like, okay, so what is what she needs and what is what she wants? I mean, that's the same, ain't it? Not necessarily. Not necessarily. Right? So if your wife wants to wants a divorce and you know that is not what she needs that will ultimately not make her happy, you as a man are obligated through God to fight her on that. Okay? I have many guys that I've talked to, divorce comes and they just they think about themselves. Oh, this is going to be great. I ain't got no kids. I, she's going to take the kids. She's going to do this and that. Or they go, well, if that's what she wants, I don't want a divorce, but if that's what she wants, whatever, she can have it. You know, and then what happens is they get taken in the court system. They get totally taken and screwed over in the court system. Okay. They lose their 401k. They got a pair of alimony. They lose all the kids. They see the kids once a week. 
they, you know, their whole life is turned upside down because they didn't have the warrior spirit to fight for their fight for what the day Satan's trying to take away from them. Okay. So, um, next number eight, humility defeats evil. The test of authentic masculinity is humility. Humility. Why? Because humility defeats evil, gentlemen. It does. What is the reason that a third of the angels got thrown out of heaven? Pride. So if you as a man, as a husband and a father, especially as a husband, if you try, if we try to combat our wives with pride and ego, we will lose every time. First of all, she's emotional. So your logic ain't going to work. In the end, women try to play like they're logical. And every woman's logical, just like every man can be emotional. But what overrides is our nature. So naturally, women are emotional. But why are women emotional? It's a perfection, right? It's, it's, it's femininity, right? Women are emotional to nurture and connect and bond with the children and to nurture their husband. Right. So they have to be more emotional. They have to be in order to to do that. That's their main instinctive job. Men are different. Logically, men are called to be more logical because our job is more broad than a woman's woman is the children. Our job is everything else. So we have to be logical. Right. So when you try to as a husband when you're arguing with your wife and fight with your wife and blaming her for everything and criticizing her for everything all we're doing is putting a wall in between us and our spouse and our wife which is what that's satan right there that wall that wall right there satan and so basically our ego because we just have to be right we just have to win this argument okay first of all that is serious pride and as we all know, how many times have you really want to argue with your wife? And if you, if you do win the argument with your wife, did you really win? Because she, she still was hurt. She's still mad. So that women, you know they what they do, they file out a win and hold it against you, don't they? 20 years from now, remember that time you called me a bitch? Remember that? And you go, that was 40 years ago. Uh-huh, you're right, but you still did it. <laughs> I mean... You know, and so pride is the act of judging yourself greater than you are. Pride is the act of judging yourself greater than you are. This is why Satan got his butt towed up by God to get thrown out of heaven because God said, this is what I want you to do. And he said, I ain't doing that. I'm doing what I want to do, which means what? I know more than God. God, I know more than you do. And if you understand God, God only wants what's best for us. He's doing what's best for us to draw us nearer and closer to him. And we, when, when we go above and beyond that and do what we want to do, then what are we saying? We're God. Okay. So humility is living by the highest and moral truth, meekness, and uh, an act of you dying to yourself, meaning foregoing all of your wants, desires, and needs, in order to rest in our Lord. Humility is the ultimate measure of a man. Christ shows us by his acceptance of his true mission as a man. He never wavered. He leaned on the father and he held strong and steadfast in the face of evil. This is ultimately what he wants of you. Engage, fight, 
battle and die, Christian soldier, if necessary. I, I must please, with all that I am, try to get through to you about humility. Humility is not being a punk. It's not. Humility is serving, is forgoing what you want in lieu, in lieu of what God and your wife and your children need at all times. Okay. We, this is why when a man puts himself above God or a woman puts herself above God and what God desires, there's an automatic, there's a problem. There's a problem. And humility will defeat Satan. A lot of us have Satan in our home. We don't even really realize it because we're roaches and we're rats and we've adapted over the years with all the crap in our lives. So to us, it seems okay. You ever talk to a person and their their their, their parents were divorced, they had all this crap in their house, fighting and abuse and all stuff, and they go, well, I turned out okay. And you're going, no, you didn't. In your hands, you're going, no, you didn't. <laughs> You didn't turn out okay. You screwed up, dude. <laughs> so this is how we got to understand. Humility will defeat Satan, which means taking our ego out of the equation. All right? So next, number nine, two more. Number nine, your path to authentic masculinity is Christ. Woo, that's a hard one. That's a hard one. Many, many Many, well, and I thought the same way. Many men think that Christ is soft, weak, and all he's girly. Where I was telling another guy today, I was telling another guy the other day about my my conversion to, to the Catholic faith and stuff, and how I thought, you know, back then I thought Christ was a I thought he was a wuss. Like, okay, this guy's got long hair. He's like got this really white, white, bright skin. He's wearing a dress. You know, he ain't kicking nobody's butt. He's not out there fighting and, and beating up somebody like Steven Seagal and Bruce Lee. Like, this guy ain't no man go follow this dude. <laughs> man, that's how I used to think. That's how I used to think. Then I realized, yes, Christ does all of that. He did all of that on the cross. He served. He protected, he defended, he did all of these things on the cross and he did the will of God and his mission. And he told people what to be, a, a, what, you know, what they need to do and how to save their souls and all of this stuff. Christ is not a pussy. He's not a punk. He's none of that stuff. He is a very strong, he's a very strong man that if we look and look at the scripture and look at our knowledge of God, we will see that suffering and sacrifice for something greater than yourself is the hallmark of a true man. And that is authentic masculinity in a nutshell. This is why Catholics, you see crucifix, which is Christ on it. Because if I'm a man and I look at a cross every day and all I see is an empty cross, then what is that? That just means, well, that's God, I guess. But I look up there and I see a crucifix and our Lord is sitting there. That is reminding me every day as a man that that's what I'm supposed to do. As a man, I'm supposed to suffer and sacrifice and give my life away 
for God, my wife, and my children every single day before I even think about what I'm supposed to do and what I want. And once you turn that, man, once you flip that switch like that, your life will change. It will change because the Holy Spirit will fill your life and you'll get all this wisdom. You'll start understanding what, my, what I'm supposed to do. You'll start understanding that I take my take myself out of the equation. I take myself out of it, okay? And, and once I do that and I, and I attach myself to God and our Lord and detach from my wife and my pleasures and my children and my job and my career and to know that my ultimate goal is to be as that man on the cross, that is when your life will truly change and it will flip and you will understand on purpose and you will understand a lot of things about the universe and how God set it up and it will start to draw you closer to him. It is said that our Lord showed us each and every one of the 64 virtues on the cross. Remember, virtues are whole, basically mean you're becoming holy, you know, fortitude, discipline, um, perseverance, meekness, patience, all those kind of things, right? In other words, Christ showed us what true masculinity is and how to achieve it. Only through the embracing of suffering and sacrificing for something greater than ourselves can we understand authentic masculinity. Our Lord gives men the gift of suffering, for only through understanding his suffering can we experience fulfillment in ourselves and to fill that empty hole each one of us has in our gut. How many times when you do something pleasurable do you feel satisfied and fulfilled in that? Does that make you feel like, oh, wow. I just feel like I just did something great. No. You and your wife are having serious marriage problems and you change as a man and you bring that marriage back together. Bam. That is satisfying, satisfying and suffering and responsibility you did as a man. Right? And this is what it's about. Women and kids are not robots. They're not cars. They're not machines. They are human persons with souls and character and, and, and their own baggage. And we have to remember that in order to build a relationship with them, to be fruitful and to bring out the best in us, we have to connect with God and put our priorities straight. And we will see that then and only then will... If we have a bad day at work, if we're bankrupt, if our car's repossessed, if we get sick and have disease, but our wife is there with us, God is there with us, our children is there with us, we die and we suffer for something greater than ourselves. And then and only then can you be of true man. It really is. I know this is a very hard concept to embrace suffering. I know it is. I, I, I always have problems with it. But once we sit and think about it, man, this is what happens. We think about what I'm saying. Just not, I'm not saying accept it. What I'm saying is just think about it. Think about it, man. Look at your life. If you don't have what you want, then how do you get what you need? Okay? So, the last one, number 10, be a man of meekness. 
control. As men, we are called to control ourselves at all costs. Daily, we control ourselves. With our wives, we control ourselves. With our children, we control ourselves. And we control our passion for pleasure, resisting effeminacy. Think about it. From the time that you come out of your wife's, out of your uh, mother's womb as a man, as a child, <laughs> you are called control yourself, control yourself, control yourself. Why is that? You ever lost it in front of your children? You ever lost it in front of your coworkers? You ever lost control in a car when it's just even you in there and you're on the road rage and you lose control? After about 10 seconds, you go, what the hell did I do that for? People, as a man, if you cannot control yourself, you cannot serve and love. You can't. You can't protect. You can't defend. Because our emotions are pulling us every which way. And that is not what Christ was. People think meekness is being weak. No, it's not. Meekness is it could be control. Be a control. I have my emotions under control. When my wife is sitting there yelling at me and my kids are running around the house in the chaos, I am in control and I address these things in a way that Christ would do it, which is in control, which is meekness, which is understanding that they're out of order. So if I get out of order, we, we got, then what does that do? That means everything is our household is out of order. And, and we can no longer have that in today's world because the society, our country is out of, is out of control. We, most men know that they, we just don't know what to do about it. And as I said, two shows ago and in the last show, the way to fix this country is you as a man must realize that I must be in control at all times. I must figure out how to do it. And I must influence my environment, which starts with my family. Once I influence my environment, then change, change. Things change. And this is the mark of true masculinity. This is not me saying this. This is our Lord Jesus Christ, man. This is him. This is the church. None of this stuff I've told you today is me. It's not what I think. It's not I laid down the law. And most of you who listen to this show that know me, you know that that, that is not what I think. I get this from the church. I get this from our Lord, from God, because this is what he's asking of us as a man. And I hope, and I hope with all my heart that in 2024, that you guys rise, you become great, a rise to greatness, and you stop allowing the society to make you a punk. You stop allowing the society to give you comfort when you don't need comfort. What you need, when you don't need comfort, what you need is a warrior spirit, a warrior spirit to fight evil in your home, to take care of your family, to lead them towards God. Because that is the power that you have been given as a man, okay? And with that being said, we're going to take a break. I'll be right back. Bam. Get live Catholic marriage help Tuesday through Thursday, 10 a.m. Eastern. Live streamed on YouTube, Rumble, Facebook, and CatholicAlpha.com. 
If you're getting value from this podcast and would like more personal marriage help, visit SaveMyCatholicMarriage.com for an opportunity to work with me personally for free. Yes, within 30 days, learn how to become a better husband that attracts your wife back to you. Visit SaveMyCatholicMarriage.com and get a plan tailored specific to your marriage and situation. I've helped hundreds of men in their marriages. Allow me the chance to help you using my personal and gained experience. Visit SaveMyCatholicMarriage.com for superior coaching for your marriage. Again, SaveMyCatholicMarriage.com. That's SaveMyCatholicMarriage.com to become the man God created you to be and the husband your wife needs. Lastly, I always get the question, why don't you help women? And I always answer them, I do. So for all of you beloved wives out there that want to reignite that feeling of emotional closeness and complete love from your hubby, consider marriage coaching and visit SaveMyCatholicMarriage.com for an improved marriage within 30 days. Okay, and so we are back for our conclusion today. And again, um, these last three shows, I hope they carry you into the new year. Um, I hope that you have um, looked at yourself, and that is what we do, right? As as husbands and fathers to men, we look at ourselves first. What am I doing? What could I have done better? You know, you know, if I change, what'll happen? If I have that situation different, what would have happened? And control is everything. So what I'm going to do real quick before we leave, I'm just going to, I'm not going to go into them. I'm just going to name all 10 again, okay, to help you take this with you as you we leave for today. So the nine tests of authentic masculinity with their bonus of number 10, number one was the nine tests of authentic masculinity. Number one is get over it. This life is a test. Number two, the way to authentic masculinity is through suffering and responsibility. Number two, I'm sorry, number three, you are charged with leadership. Number four, chapter two, verse 15 through 25, your true purpose is to protect, defend, and serve. Number five, protect. Number six, defend. Number seven, serve. Number eight, humility defeats evil. Number nine, your path to authentic masculinity is our Lord Jesus Christ. And number 10, to be a man of meekness, be in control. All right, bring it all together. As experienced today, true manliness is hard to obtain. We are challenged as men at every turn. Satan, our wives, our kids, our careers, and much more. The more we are challenged, the more we must understand that this is a test put up on us by God himself to forge our souls into the men who one day will become worthy of him. We will succumb to weakness. Will we succumb to weakness or embrace greatness? Our families and marriage can only become awesome if we truly do the actions it takes to make them that way. Are you that man? Will you let God down? Will you let your wife down? Will you let your children down? Will you change lives in 2024 or stay exactly where you are in oblivion? Uncertain of your future, uncertain of your mission, or will you rise to the throne of greatness? 
which is what our Lord has in store for you. And as we end today, we end with a quote from Pope Benedict XVI, as we always do, which at this time I think is very, um, is a very good thing that we have this quote. And the quote is, society offers you comfort. You weren't made for comfort. You were made for greatness. Now go forth, Christian soldier. The spiritual fight is upon you. Fast, pray, and prepare for battle. Thank you for listening in today. If what you heard helped you in any way and you would like more personal attention, visit SaveMyCatholicMarriage.com for superior marriage coaching. And remember to join the Catholic Alpha Radical Live podcast as a caller or listener every Tuesday through Thursday, 10 a.m. Eastern. To join as a caller, dial area code 313 Radical. To join as a listener or view the live stream, visit the Catholic Alpha Radical Live Facebook page or visit CatholicAlpha.com for Catholic marriage help that actually works. Bang!